HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by Hearst Ranch Grass-Fed Beef, available on the internet at hearstranch.com. Welcome to the Food Scene on HeritageNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with Mike Gino, the genius behind. <laughs> you never heard Gino, the genius behind? Only when I say it. Yeah. <laughs> um, cheese portraits, cheese paintings. I mean, there's a lot of other food, but the New York Times uh, article uh, a few weeks ago, a month. month ago now, it's been a whirlwind since mm-hmm. then, hasn't it? Yeah. Has catapulted you into the upper echelons of <laughs> cheese artists. A notch, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, where did you concept cheese initially? Um, it was unintentional. It was... Uh, it was... Um, more of a result of a, a gift certificate a friend gave me. Um, I I hadn't really painted much for a while. I was working on a lot of drawings for about a year or so. Yeah. And I uh, brought this cheese that I indulged in that I wouldn't normally have spent my budget on. Yeah. What and, was your gateway cheese? Um, it was it was Gorwid Carewood or Caref- yeah, Carefilly. Yeah. Gorwood Carefilly, which I was going mostly on a slight recommendation by the cheesemonger, but mostly the aesthetics. It looked beautiful. So I took it home, and then I realized oh, I, I had to eat. I had to eat it, but I, I had to paint it <laughs> yeah. first. There was no way. It just made me salivate to paint. Yeah. Um, I mean, your background is, like you said, in painting, in drawing. Uh, did you grow up in Philly, mm-hmm. uh, surrounding areas? Yeah. Um, were you always involved in art and food? No. No. Food, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, art is uh, something I guess I, I always figured I could do, but I never realized um, in the, my early life I didn't know that was an option. Yeah. I went to um, a, an in, a very 
cultural wasteland of a, of a Catholic upbringing. Um, when my, my parochial school was yeah. not one of the better ones for art. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I really am grateful for the core curriculum of state schools. And that's how I found out I was an artist. Yeah. So prior to that, you said you were involved in food. What did you grow up eating, cooking? What were you surrounded by? Um, I come from a, a family. My father is Italian. And my mom comes from like a, a Scottish-Irish background, which is very... Her mother was very uh, plain eater. Good food, but very plain. And my mom married an Italian who whose mother herself... His mother would not you know at all help yeah it was very much there's there's something about everybody loves raymond yeah um it's, it's there's a little truth in that and yeah. so my mom i think when i'm the youngest of four so i think when i was just starting to get a little older my mom had some you know time to get more creative i think she's overall she's an artist yeah and um food Food uh, is one of her major creative outlets for her, and she's pretty much self-taught. And things like the Food Network and, and cooking shows since the 70s have really inspired her. She, uh, she's really passionate about it, and food for her, something that I inherited, um, is, is a great way of connecting with your family, with your friends. Um, and I think out of the four of us, I think maybe I, I might follow that the most yeah you said your mother is an artist as well no i think both of my parents are really creative yeah my dad used his in a in a sales career but he was very Mm three-dimensional and he he worked with corrugated packaging and he knew how to fix machines on his own you know and he knew how to design things in in a business meeting yeah you know something most salesmen couldn't and i realized i had inherited something from him when I was in art school, I'm starting to realize, oh, I, I appreciate this more. Yeah, yeah. But and my, my mom's sense of color and balance and understanding of aesthetics are much better than his or that. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she, the more she would talk about cooking, for instance, as I got older, the more I realized it, it, it echoed or seemed very uh, analogous to um, the way that I paint. She's very much of an alchemist. Yeah. She understands her ingredients. And she knows what's going to happen when you mix them. She's not a baker because she doesn't really like recipes and rules. <laughs> you know, she shoots from the hip, I guess. Yeah. Well, I love that you use the word alchemist, um, which is a great transition into the more technical aspects of painting and mm. drawing and knowing your tools. Um, you know, a pen and paper artist isn't just, you know, whatever random pen, whatever random paper. So when you got into state school and started you know approaching art as a career mm-hmm. uh, what were some of the first technical things that you were learning um i had a really great teacher my first teacher which i thought this was going to you know drawing drawing one was going to just be a blow off course yeah. i was a i was a business major as a freshman at penn state and um the uh the course was the only one i was interested in and i had never that was i was 19 and i had never had an art class before that yeah. an official one um and that went wonderfully, and I, I got totally into it and pretty much addicted to it. And so, I, of course, I followed it up in the spring with drawing two. And my dad would sometimes come out into the kitchen and see me there at 2 o'clock or 1 o'clock, you know, and say, do you, do you work this hard on all your classes? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I yeah. guess I don't. <laughs> yeah. And um, I fulfilled my core curriculum that way. And, and the, the next, the third semester, I felt like really in withdrawal. And I, I was, I couldn't not see things as compositions anymore, and potential drawings. And 
So I went back and talked to my teacher, and uh, she was she was really great, and she suggested maybe I try painting as an elective. Yeah. Um, and I, I was hooked. She didn't want to teach us how to teach. Uh, she didn't want to teach us how to paint so much. She just showed us how to prime a canvas the first day and said, "Go home, paint a still life of shoes with black and white paint. Get the gray. You know how to do that with drawings. So you, you guys should all be able to do that." And so I was like asking myself, "Should I be scared of this? Should I? You know, I don't. I've never used oil paint before, and um, it felt like I had painted all my life. Yeah, it was like a weird eureka moment for me. Yeah." And I probably tell this story way too much, but I tell my students this because I think it's really important. Um, so that that by the third painting, I was I went to her and I said I need to I need to switch majors. She she t- talked me into going to a really good school that was happening to be very local in Philly, um, and it turned out I found out years later it was in the top five. Yeah, which school? <laughs> Tyler School of Art. It's part of Temple. Yeah, and I had a, a great time there, and so. Um, did I? I totally didn't answer your question. <laughs> but I, I, I've over. I've been painting since 1991. Yeah, and I definitely understand what the paint will do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you had the paint. You, 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 you know, created a palette for yourself and those. Uh, the foundation of whatever techniques. When did you buy that porterhouse that changed <laughs> <laughs> your point of view and your subjects of your paintings? Well, it was an offshoot of, of a natural um, like evolution for me, I think. It was a, a really great one. Uh, I, w- I had been going, in, in grad school, I was, I was really making breakthroughs, and I, I, I really felt like I grew up even more. I matured as an artist, as a painter, once I figured out that I could be focused on an object based on its formal quality, um, the shape, the attractiveness of a toy was a great way of dealing with painting a subject for enjoying it without the politics so i was i was picking rubber duckies and things that had these interesting shapes and colors and quirky faces and but not a personality so much but just enjoying the shape and the color and um and i also enjoyed the fact that it was unexpected or almost taboo to do uh to focus your thesis on toys you know (laughs) they're like oh they're beautifully painted ducks but why ducks you know that was the question which only you know encouraged me so um i was really uh, really really hungry in grad school um (laughs) literally and figuratively yeah yeah. (laughs) the the stipend i had was wonderful it made made it all very possible and but it it went quickly and um i had a car you know, I wasn't giving that up. I needed to be back at the East Coast for breaks and stuff so I can, you know, visit home. So um, the cost of living out there was very low, but then so was my, you know, my budget for food. So I was uh, having coffee with a friend in my studio, and I was I was pretty much just joking with her. She she uh, she was part of it in a way because she, she lived with a vegetarian and she was a meat eater. So when I made something with meat... She, I would share it with her, yeah. You know? And she would make something veg- vegetarian. She would share it with me because she had extra. So we had like this deal, and we were having coffee. And I'm like, oh, I could really go for a juicy steak, something I could just really bite into, something like one of those like rubber duckies, something that's just you just want to bite into it. And she laughed and said, "Yeah, you should, ha ha ha." And then I thought about it. And I thought this will be a fun thing. I'll just do it as a joke in a way. And I went to the store and. As my, my experience before grad school was working in a meat room for five years. Oh, yeah? Where? So I worked for 
um, a company called BJ's Wholesale Cub. Yeah. So they're they're kind of prominent on the East Coast, I guess. Um, it was a great job at that time, uh, and un- unbelievable wages and benefits. So I worked there for about nine years, and the last five were great. Yeah. The the meat room was wonderful. It was, it was really a lot of uh, fun, and um, I never thought I was going to paint meat. I always thought, oh, maybe I'll photograph it. Yeah. And I'd taken a lot of photo. I never considered I would paint it. But this this eureka moment, like, in, you know, 2001, was, like, really, like, just into my last semester. And I I didn't know what I was going to do besides toys. And I was kind of disappointed in myself that it was just toys. You know, it was yeah. a little bit predictable almost at that point. And, um... So when I went to the store, I I realized, you know, I'm in southern Illinois. I'm I'm going to not even bother trying to explain this. So I told the lady at the meat counter that I I had an advertising class and I need the most beautiful porterhouse because to <laughs> me that's the the quintessential. You know, that's that's the the god of of, of steaks, the iconic. So she understood that and um I brought that to my studio immediately put the air conditioner on the best that it could work painted it in a couple hours and put it in the fridge because i could not afford <laughs> to not eat this this steak sustainable food painting yes yeah. i ate all my subjects then. yeah <laughs> almost luckily uh it wasn't people and you weren't a cannibal exactly <laughs> that would be much bigger new york times yeah yeah so this this porterhouse led into a lot of different cuts of meat. You, you had rump roast, ribeyes, ground chuck. I, I love all the ground pictures too. <laughs> you know the little play-doh extruded looking lines. But it became an obsession. It, it, it was it. It was like a. It was like a floodgate kind of thing. Um, I was. I was tapping into so many things that I had, like, built. You know, or, or like this momentum in my painting, using paint and as a textural thing, in, in addition to color, in my my use of color and, and texture combined, uh, made a lot of sense and it came in handy. Um, but my, I, I was surprised at how like I was interested in consumerism and in iconic things and and things that were like picture menus and things like that that are in both you know catalog world and and mcdonald's menu you know so i was i i love the idea of you know just running through this series because i i was i was really down to like six weeks before my thesis (laughs) so i i did like 18 meat paintings yeah uh while i continued finishing the toy series so i worked every day atkins diet too seems yeah (laughs) I shared some of that yeah. meat, but I, I ate all of it almost. And um, what I really enjoyed was my knowledge of the meat from the meat background, like the meat cutting background, really came into handy. And I, I had to go into a, you know, a, I forget, the Kroger. And everything was so sterile looking. The new wave of, of supermarket meat, it's all like pre-done before it gets to the store which is disgusting to me i I don't know i think you know meat should be ground you know that day not like a week earlier with gas pack yeah in some factory so uh, i asked the guy i'm like does anyone actually grind here anymore and he said well yeah we we have extras and trimmings and stuff i'm like okay here's my deal this is what i need to do i used to work in a meat room and he was totally willing to help me out and he said okay come on a wednesday morning my boss isn't here yeah, I went in there and I ground it because I wanted it to come out the grinder in a certain way that had some shape, 
they were wrapping it and it got smushed. Yeah. So he let me do it myself. Like I'm so to, I'm sure that was totally against <laughs> their rules. But he could tell I knew what I was doing and I did it and I didn't wrap it. I put like a, a produce bag over it and yeah. the lady looked at me weird at the checkout. And, You're just gonna eat it like tartar in the car. Yeah. Right? But that's the only way I could do it. I had to quick rush it to my studio, paint it, and then I made meatloaf that night. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um so, I mean, there was a transition, too. Uh, it's not that you got tired of meat, but I'm sure you had enough protein to sustain yourself for, you know, a decade. Um, there were other food subjects. I mean, you have a foodie mm-hmm. portfolio, which is hot dogs and other, you know, uh, extraneous food mm-hmm. groups. Um, but then bacon paintings. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bacon drawings. Yeah, too. drawings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, okay, yeah. The, the, the meat, I think, was a new direction for me and it it was a really great way of ending my my three-year stay in illinois um and i came back to philadelphia and i you know again like like every christmas and every thanksgiving and summer i i would take advantage of being back with the food culture that i grew up with and that i i really missed and um i was without a painting studio so i had to start working with um oil pastel with the limited space i had and I found myself attracted to some of the things I really loved and identified with as Philadelphia. So there were things like the soft pretzel and, and hoagies and, um, and other local foods that maybe not everyone here knows. But uh, it, was, it was just really gratifying because I was still tapping into that idea, like I'm attracted to the shape. Like pretzels, I think, are beautiful. And the way a rubber ducky is really fun to paint. You know, yeah. there's something gratifying about it for me. So um, that... Also, not just being enjoyable to paint, but I, I love that it had a meaning for people in Philadelphia and people who had spent time there. Um, and the concept wasn't hit you over the head serious, but it was still connected to the idea of, of being local and um, location and a community, which was a beginning of that for me. Um, and, you know, years later, I had some opportunities for exhibits, so I, I started thinking where could i go with this i've done enough enough meat painting i had a meat show actually in brooklyn um that i curated at a place called gallery the i don't know if you ever heard of it um but i don't know if it's still functioning but it was a great experience and i i I worked with other meat artists you know but at the right after that i started shifting to other subjects um and when i got back to food i realized i could maybe start working with um anything that's ready to eat and still enjoyable looking and so I like the idea of iconic things like hot dogs or, or a uh, peanut butter cracker, you know, yeah. things that are just so American in a way, you know. So I, I went a little bit more general subject wise, um, and it it always has to do with really just how appetizing it is. Uh, the uh, the the subject or my focus on on subjects kind of it can it can shift back and forth, but I can't really paint or draw anything that i'm not attracted to excellent well we're going to take a quick break and come back and figure out why (laughs) you painted these homages to fromages you've been listening (laughs) to the food scene on heritageradionetwork.org we'll be right back
Hearst Ranch grass-fed beef. Pasture raised on 150,000 acres in Central California. Hearst Ranch grass-fed beef, free-range, sustainably produced, humane. Hearst Ranch grass-fed beef, the authentic flavor of the American West. Backwards. I just call it care filling. Yeah. Hey, and welcome back to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here today with Mike Gino talking about painting cheeses. Um, the gateway cheese, Goreward mm-hmm. Care Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, you're in Philly. Is it a Philly-based cheese? No, not at all. <laughs> it's um, a really traditional, well-renowned cheese from England. Yeah. Um, and it's, but it, it does use the word, the word P-H-I-L-L-Y in the end of it so it's kind of interesting yeah it was an accident yeah well i mean it was wasn't an accident it was a felicitous moment that Mm. someone gave you a gift certificate and you bought this for yourself um upon buying that cheese was it just you know you sating some kind of appetite you wanting to eat that or did you have an intention to paint it i didn't intend to it was when i unwrapped it at home that i realized i needed to it was like oh Duh, you know <laughs> it's it's like kind of like uh what in close encounters of the third kind where the potato sculpture is happening yeah and, yeah. and you're like oh yeah I just set this up and I didn't realize <laughs> this it. means something so mm-hmm. what was it about the specific cheese that you know texturally color what was it that made you want to paint it it was um I, where I where I got it at a place called De Bruno Brothers in the Italian market oh, in Philadelphia. That is a killer cheese place. It's 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 a it's a magical place. Yeah, <laughs> and the 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 cheesemonger was really great in finding what I was looking for, and I was describing flavor. And when he showed it to me, I said, "Yeah, that looks good," and I meant that looks good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I when I when I unwrapped it and I thought of it, it looked like a Wayne Tebow painting needing to happen yeah. uh it, it, it had a very cake-like quality it was it had an interesting coloration changes from the center it gets you know um it seems to age from the outside in and it just really was interesting with a, a shift from pale to deep yellow and um the crusty rind was just you know almost like a pie crust you know so it was it was really Easy, yeah, to fall in love with, you know, at first sight. See, if I'm a cheesemonger, describe that cheese like that to me, I'd buy it in an instant too. But it's just so interesting to hear you from a visual standpoint, uh, painting rather than you know thinking of eating. <laughs> that that description makes me as hungry as it does. <laughs> well, it, it's yeah, cheese. I never consider, considered cheese because it was like this whole part of uh, like this whole world, a subculture that I. I never indulged in and i realized i think most americans or most people can say that they they know something about cheese but we still buy a lot of people buy at the supermarket and and i just thought that was this like wine fine wine i don't know enough about wine so i feel like i don't know anything about wine and i don't know how to choose a wine probably because i like all wine (laughs) but that's no fun um so i didn't know anything about cheese and this happened i really enjoyed that painting a month or so goes by and I realized I have another show coming up, and I had to do more food for this gallery. But I, they had already shown everything I had done, or sold some. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I thought, you know, I really enjoyed that painting. So I considered that and how I might go about it and 
I remembered I had met someone at a party, a really great foodie party that I got invited into. And, and I, I met this woman named Tanaya Darlington. Um, she has this great website called uh, Madame Fromage. And I, I just had such a great time talking to her. Um, she seemed like the only person there, you know, and we just went on and on about food. And so I, I, I had... I had her phone number, so I, or her email address, actually. And I emailed her, and I said, hey, we met uh, recently, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm looking at maybe starting a series, but I don't know where to get cheese that's really great and anything local in our neighborhood. She lived in my neighborhood. And, um, you know, what would be good choices? So I, I sent her the JPEG of that first painting, and later she told me she was on the uh the subway platform and she just started jumping up and down she said she <laughs> she she said oh it's another cheese painter you know she'd seen that before yeah. and then she saw the the image and she got excited she said which i thought was the best compliment ever um she insisted i come over that night she was leaving town she had this incredible rare and illegal cheese <laughs> <laughs> that was no longer going to be made by like this cheese uh like pioneer in america her name sally jackson she had a lot of political issues with things that went on and unfortunately she it caused her to retire early and this wheel of cheese that tanaya had um was no longer legal to sell even though it was considered one of the best you know so i she gave me it and it's called renata and it was named after the cow that gave her the milk for that cheese you know so um I painted this really awesome cheese, and it was beautiful. And she gave me two other cheeses. She's like, here, take these home. And I did. And then after that, she started going on these these treks. We'd go uh, run down to the Bruno Brothers, and she'd introduce me to people at the Reading Terminal Market. And we would, uh, I would learn about cheese from these guys and, and um, take home some beautiful subjects that I would paint and then eat. <laughs> well, luckily you're not lactose intolerant. No. God. Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, looking through these cheeses, uh, the the Strat Dun Blue, uh, you know, the Winamere's uh, Morbier with that mm-hmm. beautiful stripe going down the center, the you know, plushness of the Latour. Um, there's a spectrum of cheeses, you know, obviously cow, goat, sheep, mm-hmm. blends. Um, but there's not a huge other than maybe like Mimolette, um, you know, palette of colors. Mm. So how do you paint each cheese? cheese distinctly different what is your approach well it's it's um that's that opinion maybe is something uh is of a perspective issue um meaning your perspective being who you are you know and i can relate to that i was there i'm learning more about every cheese every time i paint a cheese i know more and one of the things that i can compare it to painting a series of rubber duckies i learned a lot about yellow there's a lot of different yellow ducks out there. Those toys are not all from the same plastic. Yeah. And, you know, my knowledge of the meat really helped me understand the difference in all these different flesh tones. There's a lot of pinks and reds and orangey reds and pinkish reds and cool and, and warm. So the subtleties were fun to, to really push myself into getting correct and understanding with paint. Um, and color has always been a really big focus of mine. So dealing with the limited uh, type of subject in a way, it's true there's not a huge range, but I like the subtle refined differences. Um, even between blue cheeses, which a lot of people will say they all look the same to them. Um, but if you're a cheesemonger, 
they're like your children. You know them. They yeah. can. I, I can sometimes say, oh, I painted this one. I'm like, oh, that's this one. You know, they, they can identify it, which is another compliment to me, of course. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I guess it was a little bit of a, a lead, a little bit of a weighted question. Oh, I'm sorry. I, no, no, no. It was great because the way you answered is so analogous to how people speak about these cheeses from a culinary uh, point of view, mm. um, from a cul- culinary sense. You know, uh, there are limiting factors, but that doesn't mean there can't be nuances. There can't mm-hmm. be these small little, you know, idiosyncrasies and, you know, changes that make that thing special. And it's just mm-hmm. so nice to hear it from another curriculum, you know, mm-hmm. rather than it just be about food that the focus is on visually. Uh, this is how you approach painting these things. So I, I just think it's endearing to hear, too, because <laughs> you're so uh, now obsessed and, uh, <laughs> you know, but with true depth and knowledge uh, about these cheeses mm. um what is your favorite cheese oh that's impossible <laughs> it changes it changes um i i there's so many i love for different reasons uh i there's very few i i can't say that i i like everyone that i paint it so i i'm not that picky obviously but um there's some great ones that were unexpected the ones that stand out for extraordinary taste there's one called juni uh, that has juniper berries in it, and juniper berries taste like gin. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm a big fan of gin. So yeah, this and it was a beautiful cheese, and I really enjoyed it. So I, I kind of I semi-consciously made it a Bombay sapphire sapphire uh, bottle color in the background. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and that's one of the the outlets I do have for color is to pair the the environment. I liked this becoming a series of portraits where. Um, I'm isolating them, and and I've I've had such a great like response from people, you know, since I was fortunate enough to have some exposure in the New York Times. Not people, to mention Culture Magazine and Culture Magazine, <laughs> which probably I could say probably started the whole thing. Yeah, really, they've been amazing, um, and that's a beautiful magazine. Yeah, the photos. Eh, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, the uh, the the thing that I've gotten from people all over the country uh, who wanted to share stories with me about their cheeses and stuff, and one that stands out was you know like finally, cheese is getting center stage, and never just a prop for the other still life objects. You know like there there's these cheese lovers all around the world are just so excited that they're getting some attention. <laughs> so um, I liked it you know as a portrait being by itself. And then having the freedom to be creative with the color around it, and it makes sense. Um, you know, once or twice I've pushed it, a yellow background with a cheese, which is a little bit more unexpected. Yeah, the tickle more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, that's a very white cheese. Yeah. Um, do people approach you with cheeses saying, will you paint my cheese? No, surprisingly. I mean, I have been commissioned yeah. a lot, and people have requested specific ones because they have such meaning to them. And that's one of the reasons I like the, the series. Um, cheese isn't just a, 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 a fad diet thing. It's something that cultures have been, you know, built on. There's towns known for their cheeses. They're, this goes back, you know, for hundreds of years and maybe more, thousands. Some of the cheeses I, I've painted haven't changed the way they've been made in Italy since, like, 1200-something, you know. So, um there's this tradition, this tie into a history, a culture, and then you have these people who are contacting me that have personal experiences and how profound they are in their life that they want to share that 
with me and but they also want me to paint it for them which is you know i'm happy to do yeah <laughs> um well i mean you were talking about philly before obviously you live mm -hmm. there in fishtown area mm -hmm. um and there are those iconic foods uh, pretzels um steak with whiz how do you order it no, i i don't no uh, cheese uh, cheese steak is yeah. fine i think um I can't do the whiz. No, the cheese whiz is not. Never been an option for me. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, especially after dealing with all, <laughs> all these cheese. cheese yes, yes. There's a newfound respect that whiz <laughs> isn't in that category. Yeah, you should no. do a whiz painting, though. Someone suggested that. Yeah. And Trust me on that. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, one, 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 one option I did get, to go back to your earlier question, yeah. was that there's someone who uh, follows me, and I follow him on Twitter. He, he, I met him. He's a bartender at the Latvian Society. And he's, he's like, when are you going to paint a Latvian cheese? I'm like, when can I get one? He's like, we're making one. And awesome. So in a couple of weeks, hopefully, I'll have a Latvian cheese yeah. to paint. So you take commissions so people can send in their ideas and possibly cheeses. Requests. Yeah. For Sometimes it's specific requests. Sometimes they tell me the paintings that have sold that they like, and they like this quality from that cheese and this quality from that cheese. And so if whatever you choose, these are kind of guides and uh that's a lot of freedom that I like. Yeah. yeah. So new food subjects, upcoming shows. Mm, yeah. Uh, I I've been I've been uh, approached by a gallery in California, and I'm hoping that uh, I can get some time to start making something for them. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'll be able to give them cheese because they seem to be selling as fast as I paint them, which sounds arrogant. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that uh, sounds like a good problem to have. It's a good. Yeah, it is. And um, so I was thinking about something that I've been wanting to revisit and I never followed through as a series. And I love series um, is sushi. And it seems perfect for California. Yeah. And there's some great sushi places in Philly that um, I would like to approach soon and ask them if they could prepare me some of their best objects <laughs> so I can rush, you know, rush home and, and paint them. Yeah. I just love how you shed any idea of starving from being an artist. No. <laughs> a very smart thing to do. Yeah, it's 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 great. Yeah. Uh, uh, the cheesemonger last week, it had just occurred to him after a year or two. He's like, I just realized you are not only getting paid to paint these, but like you're getting the you're getting paid to to eat this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was really impressed. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also. Uh, have a palette aside from uh you know painting uh, and have a foodie group in mm. philly and you go around and dine mm -hmm. let's hear some philly recommendations <laughs> what, are, what are some of your favorite restaurants and foods down there um we have we have an enormous amount of food going on i think you probably know that because i think it's gotten out <laughs> yeah lately it's been kind of a, a thing um it, it's been like a for the last decade like a renaissance and um I, I organize a foodie group, so it's 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 a, it was it happened naturally just because friends were always saying, "Well, you're always talking about food. Where should we go for dinner? We have friends in town," and it started that way. And we started it. The very first one was like six years ago, and we went to my favorite Indian restaurant, which was outside of Philly, but everyone was willing to go. It was the first foodie group. Yeah, what you was know? it called? It was called Bombay Cafe Bombay, and it, it is in an, like an incredibly great little town called Bristol. Um, on the river, on the Delaware River, and it's it, it's a wonderful restaurant for Indian. It's my favorite. Um, and then we started going to places in Philadelphia, um, places like Sochit, which is um, Mexican, incredible, like authentic but gourmet. Um, 
Zaha was one of our best, you know, and it's it's been getting even more and more recognition late, lately. We went there early yeah. when he first opened, thank God. Oh, yeah, uh, Chef Michael Solomonoff and it's Israeli yeah, cuisine. Is he's, just, he's, he's, he's gotten all the credits he's gotten, he deserves. Agreed, um, yeah. But, yeah, we had this thing called the Mesaba, which is the party time thing. If, if You just need four people. We had, I think we had like 16 or 18 people, and they were very generous, and we had the most incredible lamb in my life I've ever had. I, I, there was no knife, and I'm like, how are we supposed to cut this? Yeah. <laughs> and there was just these little like ice cube tongs, and I went and grabbed it, and it just fell off. It was a glorious moment. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's 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 just so many restaurants that it's like asking me what my favorite color is. I I have I'm I'm terrible at those questions. Um I like them all. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. Well, I love all these uh cheese paintings. So it's going to be hard for me to choose which one hmm. to hang on my wall. And I'm lactose intolerant. Oh. And I'm still willing to <laughs> So it won't just be about goat cheeses. Um but thank you. And if you know, people don't know your work. It's mikegino.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can get on the list for cheese paintings. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe available. even send you some cheese in the mail <laughs> to be painted. Mm-hmm. But thank you again for being on. Uh, congrats on all the successes, and I can't thank wait you. to see the next series uh, <laughs> from Sushi and Beyond. Yes, thanks. So check out Mike Gino's homage to Fromage on mikegino.com. dot com. You've been listening to the food scene on Heritage Radio Network dot org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. Hoping to have you back here next Tuesday at 3. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. 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 You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.